Case 10 of the Book of Equanimity, Shoyoroku. The Woman of Taishan. Introduction. With gathering and releasing, the pole is by his side. Actually, since it, it says his side, could be her side. But since language is gendered in English with terms of the pronoun, could say their side, but that's clumsy. So I'll just read it the way it's translated. With gathering and with releasing, the pole is by his side, able to kill, able to give life. The balance is in his hands. Passions, demons, outsiders... All rely on his direction. The earth, mountains and rivers all become playthings. But tell me, what sphere is this? Main case. On the road to Taishan there lived a certain woman. Wherever a monk asked her which way does the road to Taishan go, the woman would say, right straight on. As soon as the monk would go, the woman would say, a fine priest, he goes that way too. A monk told Joshu, Joshu, about this. Joshu said, Wait till I check out that woman for you. Joshu also asked the woman the same question. The next day, he went up in the meditation hall and said, I have checked out the woman for you. That's the case. I'll leave the appreciatory verse for tomorrow or maybe even for the next day depending upon how we go. The woman of Taishan. Taishan is a mountain in China that's dedicated to Manjusri. There's a large Manjusri temple on the top. It's said the mountain has five peaks In some translations, this is translated as the old woman in Taishan. Old woman, woman, what do we know of her? Of course, this is from the 8th, 9th century in China. So what is old in those days? I'll talk about this a little later when we get to talking about Joshu. In any case, this woman is said to have had a something like a refreshment stand, a tea shop on the road. This woman is not just some ordinary woman. She is said to have 
gone with a famous Chan master in and out of the temples and has fully appreciated Manjusri's wisdom. Manjusri is the Bodhisattva of wisdom. So she would stay at the side of the road and when a wandering priest, probably other people too, wandering monk, pilgrimaging to this temple would ask which way the road to Taishan. She would point out the great road saying, right straight ahead. Right straight ahead. Right straight ahead. What is she talking about there? Is she talking about the road? Is she talking about the wisdom of Manjusri, the wisdom of great emptiness, of Prajna Paramita, right straight ahead. Whenever anyone asks this, and he, he, she, whoever was walking would continue, she'd say, a fine priest, nun, person, mendicant, pilgrimaging, he goes that way too. He goes that way too. He goes that way too. So what are we talking about here? What are we talking about? In a way... I left out a very important word when I began this case because translators tend to leave it out. They mention it when the first translation from this book of equanimity, then they leave out attention. Each case begins with that. In fact, that's all you need in this case. It's the whole of this case. Attention. Attention. Let's go back to the introduction to the case. We could hear it a little more clearly. The introductory verse, uh, verses begin. With gathering and with releasing, the pole is by their side, his side, her side, able to kill and able to give life. The balance is in her hands. Passions, demons, and outsiders all rely on his directions. The earth, mountains, rivers all become playthings. So what is this talking about? Who is this who holds the pole, gathering and releasing? That's what this case is about. Get. That's what this case is about. What is killing and giving life? Killing and giving life. Passions, demons, earth, all playthings. It's, in a way, very much praising 
describing what this woman is doing, praising, describing what Joshu is doing, praising, describing what we all are, what this wisdom of Manjusri, Manjusri is the Bodhisattva of wisdom, is about going to this mountain that you're going to pilgrimage, pilgrimage hundreds, thousands of miles to get to and then climb up this temple. See? Though the mendicant asks, which way does the road to Taishan go? The woman is right there telling him, right straight on, right straight on, right straight on. You'll notice, um, well maybe you won't notice, it's noticeable that a number of the translations describe this as an old woman near Taishan. Others say a woman the woman of Taishan. Of course, old could be seen as venerable. Old is, of course, in a sense, anonymous here. We don't know who she is. In addition, we should probably remember that what we think of old in modern days would be very different than what they thought of as old at the end of the Tang Dynasty and beginning of the Sung Dynasty, was a person old at 30, 40? On the other hand, we know Joshu was famous for having lived to 120. Some of us went to, when we went, went to China together on a trip, and we visited Bayanlu, which was Joshu's temple. Some of you might remember. He lived to 120. I don't remember particularly any mountains around there, but of course now it's very different than then. And I don't, we didn't walk there. We traveled by bus. So, uh, but nevertheless, nevertheless, Unfortunately, given the nature of this literature, we, we don't know very much about it, except what was selected. This, this case in the Book of Equanimity is selected from a collections of the sayings of Joshu, and that book was put together probably, no, that I shouldn't say that book, that collection was put together somewhere about 50 plus years after he died. Um, now, the Book of Equanimity was put together in the 12th century, so we don't know what the source 
for this case is, we know what the case is in the book, in the version that we have, but there's many different versions of these collections, and we have to remember that China in the 12th century, it was very different. Some manuscripts were available in certain areas and not in other areas. Um, this was late Song, and it, the um, actually it was going through transition and changes even then. So we don't know the source of this. We do know that there's a later ed- edition of this case in the Gateless Gate, the Mumunkan, which was put together a century or two afterwards. Um, and in the Mumunkan, the case is called something different. It's a slightly different wor- version. It's called Joshu's Old Woman. We don't so it's slightly different, and it, the, the text itself is slightly different. So um, the Gateless Gate version, we could, there's some different emphasis there. Nevertheless, the introduction that we just that I just read is very important, because this whole case is about what all of practice is about. Gathering and releasing the pole is by your side. Your, not you who we believe we are, but this fundamental matter, able to kill, able to give life. That's the nature of this Manjusri wisdom, this Prajnaparamita wisdom. This is the sphere that we're talking about here. This is the sphere that the whole of our practice is about. Not little things like gaining and losing. And yet it's about gaining and losing. Gathering, releasing, killing and giving life. That's the Manjushri sort of wisdom. It kills, if we say, these delusions that we hold on to cuts us them off so that we can live the life we are, being given the life. And yet that balance is in the hands of Manjusri. But Manjusri is nothing but the Bodhisattva that you are. Whether we call it Manjusri or we call it Avalokiteshvara, whether we call it Kanzeon or Kanjizai, different aspects of this wisdom that we truly are, this Prajnaparamita that's always our life. That's why we can say the whole case is all together, just attention. This moment That's what the woman is saying. If we look at the capping phrases, it starts, the mendicant is traveling and asks, which way does the road to Taishan go? And the capping phrase is, traveling for a whole lifetime, 
You don't even know where you're going. You don't even know where you are. Because if we look elsewhere, outside, even look inside, we miss who we are, what we're doing. We miss our very life. If we think there's something else, somewhere else, and yet, go here, go there. The woman says, right straight on. Right straight on. Or could translate that, go straight on. Go straight where you are. And the capping phrase, this is not yet quite good-hearted. Not yet quite good-hearted. It's a trap. Will he be trapped? Will she be trapped? As soon as the monk would go, having run into a thief without realizing it, this woman is the thief, robbing him, robbing whoever of what they're holding on to. The woman would say, a fine priest, a fine mendicant pilgrim goes on that way too. Ah, there's the pointed killing. It's said that she would say this to whoever showed up. Some of you might remember there's a wonderful case, I think I've talked about this before, whenever anyone came to Juchi or Gute, depending upon how you pronounce his name, whether Chinese or Japanese way of describing it, no, it's not, it's not really Japanese, but it's called Sino-Japanese, it's the way of pronunciation in a particular area where these cases came from. Whenever he asked about any question, would always hold up one finger. Always hold up one finger. See? This woman's also holding up right straight on, right here, right here, whatever question was raised. And the monk was troubled by this and went and told Joshu about it. The comment about this is when people are even, they don't talk. When even meaning not disturbed, not caught up, not befuddled, This monk who ran into the woman didn't know what was going on. Complaining. Oh, she told me this. And then she said this. She was putting me down. Oh, who knows what she was saying. You got to take care of her, teacher. So, Joshu says, wait till I check out the woman for you. 
So Joshu put on pilgrimaging clothes and went and asked the woman the same question. And, and the next day he went up in the hall and said, I've checked out the woman for you. The comment is, I'm an even bigger swindler. Who's he swindling? How is he swindling? We know from other sources that Joshu was famous for having said at a certain point in his late 70s, no, yeah, 70s, when after his teacher Nanchuan died and he maintained three years of, uh, let's say, memorial for the teacher and then went on pilgrimage till he was 80, he said, if I meet even a seven-year-old girl who's wise and who sees clearly, I will study with her. And if I meet even an 80 or 70-year-old man who has doesn't understand, I will teach them. Joshu is known for having lived supposedly to the age of 120. As I said, we went, when we were in China as a group, we went to his temple, or the temple that had been his temple. The only thing that's left from the temple after the uh, period of the Cultural Revolution was the stupa, S-T-U-P-A, the memorial um, tower with his ashes. Um, the, the temple has all been rebuilt since that time, and it's said that that stupa was uh, protected by uh, Cho Enlai, but I can't co- uh, vouch for that. But that's the only part that was remaining. The rest had, had to be rebuilt. And we were there at, in the rebuilt temple, and um, we spent several days there uh, practicing there and circ- I remember a number of times we went and circumambulated that uh, stupa so Joshu saying I have checked out the woman for you I'm an even bigger swindler so why do we, does the capping phrase say he's a swindler? What is he swindling? Who is he swindling? Well, it's very obvious. He's swindling the monk who came and all the other monks who were all a Twitter about what is this woman saying? What's he going to do to her? Is he going to do anything to her? Certainly, she's has clarity and when we say clarity in terms of awakening whatever we word we want to use there's 
awakening is the same and yet there's differences. There's differences in depth, in capacity, in functioning. But if we fundamentally see this prajna paramita man live, I would say live it, but that isn't what I want to say. Experience this, then that it's so. And yet there's differences. There's differences in degrees and differences in skill and differences in capacities. And yet in all the differences there's sameness. And from the beginning this sameness is who we all are. That's why Dogen could say from the beginning practices in realization. This realization. And yet Dogen says, talks about body-mind dropping away both oneself and others. And that this traceless awakening goes on and continues endlessly. And yet there's ongoing deepening and clarifying understanding whether it's the old woman who says go straight on or whether it's Gute who puts up his finger for every question asked in a way it's perfectly true in a way not so skillful or very skillful and yet when Gute's attendant copies, useless. Right straight on, this is the swindling woman who nevertheless is very good-hearted, despite the capping phrase saying not quite good-hearted. If we can really appreciate that, then we know right here is where it is. Right here is where it is. And yet, getting a little glimmer of that is just that. And there's further differences of to clarify and polish and see that. But, without realizing what we're hearing, it's a thief who takes everything from us. It's a swindler who will then say, a fine priest, he goes that way too. She is actually helping him by saying that. If he goes straight on and doesn't get it, She's giving him a further poke. And we can see he got poked by it because he went to Joshua and complained about her. Oh, she's not, she's, is, she's making trouble. That's why the capping phrase, when people are even, even straight, 
then they don't talk. So I've been talking much too much here. Way useless talk, as I said from the very beginning. This case can all be summed up just saying, Attention! That would be the best. I'll come back to this case and look. we could look at the verse connected to it tomorrow. I think I've spoken more than enough today about this. Thank you.